Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle L. Frank and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. Welcome in on a Tuesday morning. Kyle Alfie and Ray Flowers with you at Fantasy Sports Daily. And uh, if there are, I don't know, probably two dozen things that infuriate Kyle Alfrink in the year 2024, one of them would be this, Ray Flowers. Uh, we are in a culture that never enjoys the moment, that never cares to look backwards. They're always thinking, what's next? What's going to happen? Tell me about the next big thing. Everybody's looking forward. And I get it. Looking forward's fun. But, Ray, I also, me personally, and maybe Ray Flowers too, do enjoy a good look backwards. And uh, over the coming weeks, we will rectify this issue that is plaguing our world in 2024 by not just focusing on what's coming up. We'll do some of that, but also taking a look back. Uh, Today, Ray, we will start taking a look back at the quarterback position in 2023. And I get it. You know, uh, what can that teach me? There's a lot of things I I believe the past can teach you. What is it, Ray? If you don't understand the past, you are doomed to repeat it in the future. So that's our goal over the coming month or so. I think it's very valuable, too. And it's what I try to do every uh, Friday with my Coffin Corner piece at FantasyGuru.com is to point out data, which people hate. And you know you're on the right track when you post it on like social media and people argue with you. It's like. No, those are numbers. Those are facts. This guy caught more passes than that guy. This guy threw more touchdowns. That's a fact. I'm not. You can interpret it how you want. You know, you're you're hitting that the old funny bone, right? If, you, mm-hmm. if that happens, but I don't think enough people look at the right things at times. And I, I for those people, I encourage everyone if they didn't read my article last week, uh, go read my coffee corner piece over at fantasyguru.com where I compare Lamar Jackson to Justin Fields. Ain't much of a difference. <laughs> One guy's the league MVP, according to people. The other guy shouldn't even be the quarterback of his own franchise. Yet their numbers, the last 17 starts, pretty much the same. Yeah, that, that comparison brings up a good point, Ray, is people need to understand uh, from which viewpoint or which venue are they receiving information. Absolutely. When Ray Flowers says that Justin Fields has been as good as Lamar Jackson, what, in the last 17, 18 games, um, it's not Ray Flowers saying that uh, everybody in the NFL in a real life setting would want Justin Fields at this very moment over Lamar Jackson. Quite simply, what you are saying, Ray, is that for your audience's purposes, mm-hmm. which 95% of them are fantasy players outside of Ray's mom, who I'm I'm guessing Ray's mother follows him on X, but she doesn't play fantasy sports. So she's she's one of those those minor portions of the audience that isn't following Ray for fantasy, but the rest of them, Ray want your fantasy takes and that's what you're saying with fields Mm -hmm. versus jackson it's not a real life scenario it's a fantasy specific scenario yeah and also i'm thinking about that because we're getting ready to release the fantasy baseball draft guide at fantasyguru.com and going through i'm doing it right now where i'm going through all the prospects and there is often a misunderstanding there too because prospect lists like mlb pipeline or whatever they're talking about the whole player Mm-hmm. Right. They're talking about where the player is going to be in five years. How far are they going to develop? Talking about their defense. I don't care about that in the fantasy game. I need to know right now what's he going to do. And if he's a 230 hitter with 25 home runs, whoopee do. I don't care if he's a gold glove center fielder. Doesn't do anything for me in the fantasy space. So you have to know where you're getting that information. Like you said, who your audience is, because they're not always the same. Sometimes they align perfectly. Other times they just don't. 
So it begins today. Uh, we'll, we'll talk position by position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. And uh, plan is to spend about, you know, three days or so um, on each position and kind of looking like today. You see it there. Uh, we'll start the QB recap by looking at the best. And, and I can tell you this, Patrick Mahomes is in that list of a top 12 quarterback. But Patrick Mahomes was a letdown in fantasy. There's another example. Patrick Mahomes, great quarterback. Hell, if he stopped today, he'd probably end up in the Hall of Fame. But this year, kind of a bum in fantasy. A letdown. Overdrafted. You could survive it, but he was overdrafted this year. So we'll start digging into quarterbacks uh, today, tomorrow, probably uh, into Thursday as well. Of course, it all leads up to playoff weekend. Um, another thing we'll be doing, not today, but later in the week, is taking a, a deep dive into uh, playoff fantasy leagues. I say this every single January. It's fun. It's it's glorious, in fact. I really enjoy it. And it's not because I win every year. I don't. Uh, but I really do enjoy the fantasy format for playoff leagues. Uh, today, we'll get you some playoff news. Later in the week, we'll start to talk about some of the various setups, strategies, rankings, DFS, all that stuff. Uh, but today, kind of some news and notes, including Sam Laporta. Is there a chance or not? for him to play this weekend. Uh, coaching news is uh, making its way uh, through the uh, cycle. Uh, Ray, I, I will just say this as a warning to everybody. Yes, Josh McDaniels still has supporters out there <laughs> in, in the football universe. And Ray, it's the Patriots. What do you know? They run they it back. Quit Josh McDaniels. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I did get a chuckle too. It's so funny that you, you know, because it's like, how many times are we going to do this? Like, yeah. you know, Tom Brady's there. Great. Tom Brady's not there. Ah, you know, is, is Josh McDaniels someone that organizations have to have? It sounds like there still are organizations that really want him. I don't really understand why at this point. You want to talk about a Patriots afterglow? Yeah. Josh McDaniels, man, the guy is yeah. blessed <laughs> at this point. So we'll tell you what's going on with McDaniels. One of our favorites, Justin Finsterman, is going to join us in about a half hour. Uh, we'll talk some NBA with him. We do it every Tuesday. We certainly appreciate that. And it's been a uh, hot minute since we checked in on the Hot Stove League and Major League Baseball. Uh, we were so busy with Week 17, Week 18, recapping things yesterday. Uh, we'll get you a, a quick run-through of some of the news items that have broken in baseball over the last four or five days. So we will get to all of that, including, as we always like to remind folks out there, because it's a new year, should be a new you, right? Uh, if you're looking to make a new you, RayFantasyGuru.com can help those people. If they've got goals this year to win fantasy leagues, to dominate DFS, whatever it is, mm -hmm. uh, we can help them out in reaching those goals, right? We're like the Absolutely. Weight Watchers of fantasy football. Or there you go, Kyle. Sports. One stop that? shop. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the promo code FSD20 is good for 20% discount on any of the products, whether you want to buy a T-shirt, you want to sign up for football, you want to sign up for baseball, basketball, FSD20. We also have two deals going on right now in the fantasy football space. You can sign up for our rest of the season DFS package right now, which is all the way through the Super Bowl. So you can sign up for that. If you want to, you know, wet your whistle, if you will, play in fantasy still. You don't want to give up. You're not really into playing a fantasy playoff league. You want to play some DFS and get some money. You can sign up for that over at the site right now. And then we have our rest of the season all in NFL package as well. Uh, this was just released yesterday. This is $39.99. That's through the Super Bowl, right? And then some, because what you also get with the package is not just our coverage through the Super Bowl. You also get the Super Bowl betting guide, which, again, everyone loves to do this. And Kyle and I look at the 100-page book every year and laugh at some of the bets. Well, we'll help you decipher which ones of those are the right ones to take and make some money with. And there's off-season franchise mode that's also included there. And that's 
basically our look at free agency, our, our look at the draft, you know, player profiles on all these young players. So all of that's included for $39.99 for the rest of the season, all in NFL package. Love it. Thanks for the update there and the run through. Um, like Ray noted, uh, no matter what kind of wets your whistle, we got you covered. Basketball, hockey, soccer, PGA, college football, which ended last night, which Ray didn't watch, no. but it was an enjoyable game. Didn't watch a second, did you, Ray? Not a second. Not a second. <laughs> Took his Monday off. He's been watching so much Monday night football. He said, you know what? I'm going to take a Monday off. But uh, congrats to the Michigan Wolverines. And who knows? Uh, Jim Harbaugh, who won that title yesterday, might be backing up the Brinks truck to come to the NFL. Uh, certainly we'll have a, a couple of options out there um, if he so chooses to lose, uh, to uh, leave the University of Michigan. Okay, Ray, let's get rolling with everything going on at FSD. And again, uh, if people have questions, comments, thoughts, we're going to talk about quarterbacks. If you disagree, you agree. If you have questions, whatever it is, by all means, send them to us. Uh, X, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you're at. Uh, appreciate all those who download the podcast, listen to us each and every day. We certainly uh, thank you for doing that. Uh, Ray, as noted, we're going to talk some quarterbacks this week, uh, talk about a very important position, a position that uh, every year uh, people want to draft very early and uh, they think it sets them up for success. And I realize people do have success doing that. Um, you can have success doing anything. You know, it's just a matter of what what percentage are you looking for? I mean, hell, Ray, I could draft Justin Tucker in the first round. I still might win a fantasy football. I've always <laughs> wanted to do that. I'm going to do that. I th and I say every year I'm going to do it, and I never have. I, I think we should. One of us should do it once. Yeah, you throw off the ADP just a bit. If, if you, did that, you actually should go through a whole – because Ray's put he had like 30, you know, mock drafts, real drafts, right. probably like 30 drafts. Ray, you should commit a year of just Justin Tucker every first round. First round. Yeah, people start talking. You probably get articles written about you. The guy who selected Justin Tucker. And if you won one of those leagues, Just Ray, one. Yeah. You, you could now create a theory where it would be zero running back QB wide receiver and tight end theory. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> Pro kicker theory. Okay. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I need to make a name for it. I'll be the kicker guy. Uh, then Justin Tucker will blow out his knee in like week two. <laughs> it's worse in his career and Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, but to the matter at hand is quarterbacks. And – you know, Ray, I, I was looking – today we're going to focus on the guys who finished in the top, top 12, you know, QB1s. Um, and as is want in this position, there's a lot of guys who maybe finished 15th that on many weeks were QB1s uh, that people won with as their QB1s. Mm -hmm. uh, so often this final look at QBs and how they performed, it's very simple, who stayed healthy. You know, you're not going to see guys like Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow on this list mm -hmm. because they didn't stay healthy. Uh, what you are going to find, Ray – is probably, and, and I think this is the case almost every single year where six to seven dudes in that top 12 are guys you totally expected to be there. Maybe not in their exact spots, but you totally thought they'd be there. And then there are some surprises, you know, guys that were certainly drafted or considered. And what do you know? They hit pay dirt. Um, I look at the list this year, and if I had told you Jordan Love would finish as the fifth best quarterback, I think everybody would be surprised. Um, C.J. Stroud, 11th. Sam Howell. People believed in Sam Howell. I didn't. But he finished 12th because he played a lot of games. He threw a lot of footballs. So he was 12th. Baker Mayfield, top 10 quarterback this season. Um, even guys like Purdy and Goff. You know, it's easy to sit here now and say, oh, yeah. you know, I did. But those guys were QB2s, especially Purdy. I mean, I'm looking at the list. Uh, 17th quarterback off the board. Brock Purdy, Jared Goff, 14th 
quarterback off the board. So this year, and we'll do, you know, specifically on this list, but Ray, I don't think this year was much different from other years. You know, some guys absolutely performed. And as always, we had quarterbacks that you could get on the cheap finishing in the top 12. Yeah. And I think that the quarterback position is one that there's an evolving idea of how to draft it. You know, you and I for a decade said, get Matt Ryan, get Kirk Cousins, get Jared Goff. Like to get that kind of guy. And as we're talking about here, that can absolutely work. There has been in the last couple of years, especially at fantasyguru.com, kind of a push to say, look, all of that is true. But if we can get, you know, the quarterback two yeah. or three or one, like we get a huge advantage. And, and, you know, we'll talk about it. But like Josh Allen was 100 points better, you know, than the the, 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 the than Brock Purdy. Right. He's 100 points better. He was I'm looking at a list right now. He's like 150 points better than QB 13, like a huge difference. So. If you pick the right guy in the first round or two, it's a huge advantage. If you took a guy like Patrick Mahomes, though, that was that was an issue for you this year. And and Allen Ray kind of led by a fairly significant margin. He was number one at the top. And again, scoring systems can fluctuate, but I, this is a I think it's a six point per touchdown and pretty normal setup. I, I've got him down for almost four hundred and eleven points. I think it was like four ten point six. Jalen Hurts is number two. He's at 371. Mm-hmm. So that's a, it's a 40-point gap over 17 weeks, right? It's a little over two points a week. Mm-hmm. So it, on the whole, it looks pretty dramatic. Week by week, I maybe people can, you know, dispute this, but how many times did you lose or win by two points this year? Three, four times maybe. So that's kind of the difference between Allen and Hurts. Um, number three, Dak Prescott. Prescott was the 10th quarterback going off the board, finished third. Lamar Jackson, he nailed it. Fourth quarterback off the board, number four overall. Uh, Jordan Love in the top five, and then the rest of the QB1s, Purdy, Goff. Then we get to Patrick Mahomes, eighth overall. Tua, Mayfield, Stroud, and Hal. Ray, let's start with Josh Allen because he was the best of the best. Will he be, in your estimation, the first QB off the board next year? Doesn't he have to be? The the problem, Ray, and, and this goes back to what we started the show with. In real life, you're like, eh, this is on the on the fence of Josh Allen. Right. You know? And even when he, he was going well, Ray, it's not like the Bills were racking up 40-point efforts. They were getting wins. And the dangerous thing with Allen, Ray, th- this is how I see it. And again, it's very easy for me to make this argument because I am not one who needs a quarterback early. So I'll be hammering this argument all the time. My concern with Alan Ray is I really, Stefan Diggs is on the backside of things and for whatever reason really disappeared in this offense for like half the year. Who knows? I, I don't know specifically what Diggs' contract is, so on and so forth. But, you know, you just kind of wonder how's this end up. They have nobody behind them. Like all, nobody there. You're, you're in effect hoping Dalton Kincaid becomes Travis Kelsey. I kind of feel with this offense. And on the other side, Ray, so much of Allen's value, I mean, 15 touchdowns. And God love him. I mean, that was awesome to get a rushing touchdown every week. Um, and maybe I should shut up and stop saying this, but I say it every year, Ray. I can't look at Allen or anybody who gets 15 rushing touchdowns and say, yeah, that's repeatable. I mean, honestly, Ray, he should be like at eight or nine next year. Now, he has consistently been there. Like he's always getting seven, eight, nine every year of his career. This year he exploded in that number. 
And and that would be my hesitation. Now, if you're a guy who drafts a QB early, Ray, I think you're right. Mm -hmm. I'm not a guy who does that. And so there's danger to me with Josh Allen. I don't think, hey, everybody was saying Patrick Mahomes was automatic this year. And obviously Mm -hmm. that came up short as well. Yeah, I think that there's so many things going on here, but let's, let's hit it directly. And I think your starting point there is a good one. Repeating historically great, why are you betting on that? If you're willing to take Josh Allen and say, look, he's going to throw 31 touchdowns and he's going to run for seven next year. If you're willing to take him with that, okay. Mm-hmm. If you're going to say, well, he threw 29 touchdowns this year, he's going to throw 37 next year. I know that. And he ran for 15 scores last year. He's going to run for 14 this year. No, he's not getting 50 touchdowns. And I think that, you know, it's really easy because we have this debate. We're going to have this debate at the running back position too with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Chris McCaffrey's so good. He's so good. He's so good. Chris McCaffrey, does anyone realize he caught like 50 less passes this year than his career high? Hmm. 50. You know, I'm that's a so is he the same guy? He, you know, and I think that's where we're at with Josh Allen. Josh Allen can still be the number one quarterback next year. I think it's fair as of right now to consider him the number one fantasy quarterback next year. But that doesn't mean he's going to score 400 plus points. It doesn't mean he's going to have 140 points more than, you know, quarterback 12. It doesn't mean that's going to occur. But I, I hesitate for the reasons that you put out there to say he's got to be the number one pick because there are concerns. But I also know with the way he's played football to date and the way that, you know, Patrick Mahomes plays football as an example, Mahomes going to have two or three rushing touchdowns. You know, on a bad season, he could still have seven or eight for Josh Allen. And that's a significant difference. He was number one. Hertz was number two. Now, if you look in the preseason, Allen was going two and Hertz three. Obviously, Mahomes won. I wonder how much, and we'll see what happens Monday against Tampa, but assuming, Ray, let's say Tampa wins that game and it's another just like no-nothing offensive effort for the Eagles. That's really going to pollute Jalen Hurts next year, will it not? I mean, the fact that over the last seven weeks, this offense just disappeared. It just went dead. I mean, that could really affect his value going into next season. Well, it could. You know, he barely played in week 18. He had a 10-point game in week 14. I think the Eagles lost five or six games. Like, it's been bad. And we've talked about it. Everyone's talking about it. I think what's going to happen is when the Eagles lose, and it could be in week one of the playoffs, when the Eagles lose, we'll start to hear some stories, right? And I think there'll be some cover for Jalen Hurts' knee and all that. I think at the end of the day, with the way they run their offense too, it's the same thing. You can't you can't expect or count on double digit touchdowns, but at the same time, eight to ten in this offense. I mean, again, like you're talking about Josh Allen, it's there every year. He's he's gotten double digit touchdowns yeah. multiple times. This is I feel more comfortable about his offense and his ability to find the end zone than I do Allen. If, if I'm just sitting here, right. and I'm saying that knowing what we know about the Eagles, right? The offense right. has sucked. Yeah. But I still feel better about that next year over what Allen has with the Bills. Yeah, and I think that's fair. And I, I, I'll say this, and I, I said it in the first half of the season this year too. I think Jalen Hurts is an excellent NFL quarterback. I think his ability with the arm and the legs is basically unparalleled. The only guy that's really in the conversation, in my opinion, is Josh Allen. I don't think Lamar Jackson's there. That's me. So even if Lamar Jackson is, we're talking one of three guys really in the NFL that can do this. And – you know, for a quarterback who wins games, who's always utilized at the goal line, who's got weapons that he should be able to continue to grow with, I think that Jalen Hurts as a top three quarterback is still a lock, mm-hmm. even if things go horribly wrong for them in the playoffs. And and one thing to note with Hurts, you know, we're talking about final points. And again, it was almost 411 for Allen, 372 for Hurts. Ray, 24 points of that gap is week 18. Yeah. Hurts had two points. Yeah. Josh Allen had 25. 
So it's actually close. And hey, facts are facts. Josh Allen played. He got the points. But that's a little closer than you might expect because of that lack of time. Uh, Dak Prescott, number three. Total home run, Ray, if you rated at quarterback and went Dak Prescott. He got a great year. Um, I, I, you know, rewinding the clock back, gosh, in the summer, Ray, it was this idea of, gosh, are they going to scale back on this offense? You know, Mike McCarthy, is he going to ruin things? Are they going to try to run the football? And, like, early on, it kind of looked that way. Like, Tony Pollard had all the, the attempts early on. And then that stopped, and they just – they embraced Dak. And and it was not anything like he was throwing 50 times a week. He was just uber efficient. Like, that offense was really efficient with Dak Prescott. He's not going to go in the top three next year, but he's a very safe QB1, I think, for next season. Yeah, I think that he has become – um, the younger version of Kirk Cousins. I think we've thrown out multiple times. You're a guy that you draft and you think, okay, it's going to be 4,000 passing yards and 28 touchdowns kind of as a floor, and we'll see how much better it is, right? There's certainly an opportunity for that. And if you look at what he and the offense did, Dak Prescott, after their bye in week seven, they played 11 games. He had 30 touchdown passes in 11 games. And every one of those games, except for one effort against the Bills, he had at least two touchdown passes. And I think what they finally figured out in Dallas, which so many other organizations don't seem to figure out, is we've got a superstar, CeeDee Lamb. We're just going to throw him the football. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not, it's not, let's not complicate this thing and get Tolbert involved and get <laughs> Turpin involved. Just throw the ball to CeeDee Lamb, get it in his hands. And that really helped Dak Prescott. He avoided mistakes. As you noted, the, the defense uh, played well, but it was this offense that was consistently putting up 30 points and all, all of it. A lot of that had to do with Dak Prescott directing the ship properly. Yeah. And, and, you know, we know how the Cowboys were at home takeoff on the road, not so much. And and Prescott suffered along with that. Uh, but when you add it all up, number three overall, Lamar Jackson, number four, uh, Ray, I, I think it's, I don't know if it's likely, but he's probably leaning towards becoming the MVP. Uh, he will finish fourth in fantasy scoring. Now, remember he didn't play the last week. If he plays the last week, Ray, maybe he finishes third, you know, a slight uptick, maybe he finishes above Prescott was drafted as the fourth quarterback early third round for Lamar. Like if you look at ADP, it was like, you know, in a 12 team league, it was in the top 30. Um, still a spot for him next year. I guess it will be. I mean, he lived up to expectations. He was a third rounder this year. He may sneak into the second round in a lot of drafts. I bet next season, especially if he's got an MVP and especially if the Ravens win a Super Bowl this year. Yeah. He's a really interesting guy. And we've talked about him on the show many times. I don't think he's a league MVP. It looks like he's going to win the award. He's played better football than he's played this year. Not won the MVP in my opinion. Um, his numbers are, are are very good, and there's there is no nothing we have seen to date to suggest that the Ravens' offense won't be the same next year, and he won't be utilized the same, and have the same level of success. I will point out, and this is something you and I have talked about, that he, on a per game average, ran his fewest times in five years. Mm-hmm. You know, the last three years he has ten rushing touchdowns total. Right, that's Hurts a surprising number. Yeah, only yeah. 10. Yeah, Hertz and Allen are getting 10 rushing touchdowns a year. The last three years, Lamar Jackson has 10 rushing touchdowns. And, you know, he can't, in my opinion, be better as a passer than he was this year. So this, again, one of those things. We see a slight pullback as a passer. We see seeing an 1,100-yard, nine-touchdown rushing effort. I don't see that. I see more of the same on the ground. So I think it's almost impossible for him to be better in the fantasy space than he was this year. And one other thing, and you said it right there at the end, he didn't play week 17. They sat him and all that. Remember, he has never in his entire career played every game, ever, never once. Last year it was 12 games. The year before that it was 12 games. He doesn't play. So that, to me, 
would make it very dangerous to take him as a third quarterback off the board. Yeah, we, we've maybe reached the ceiling if that rushing is not going to come back. And usually once it disappears, Ray, it doesn't come back. And I'm not saying Lamar Jackson is washed as a runner. I mean, every time he tucks the football and runs, the defense craps their pants. Like, he's still dangerous. But the Ravens have gotten to that point where they, they feel a little more comfortable calling pass plays with him. They've got their running backs. They, they just feel like that the offense is fine-tuned at this point. They don't need Jackson to carry it with his legs. Uh, they kind of break it up a lot more than they did. Five, six, seven. Love, Purdy, Goff. Five, six, seven, right in the middle. Ray, will any of them be drafted that high next season? Like, I, I get it with Jordan Love. He finished five, Purdy and golf. Like these, but I don't think they carry the 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 pizzazz, if you will. And they don't have the, the rushing ability. And again, these guys will be quarterbacks I'll gladly wait on if any of them falls to like 10, 11, or 12. Uh, and I, I think maybe one of them sneaks into the top six or seven. Maybe it's Love. You know, he's young. Uh, he, he battled a lot of adversity this year to finish top five, but five, six, seven, Ray love Purdy golf. Who's your favorite of those three into 2024? If I challenge you with that question. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, and remember too, Patrick Mahomes finished behind these guys. He's going to be drafted ahead of yeah. them. Joe Burrow finished behind them. He's going to be drafted ahead of them. I would think maybe I'm wrong, but I would think there. Uh, maybe Justin Fields gets loved depending upon. How. So there are a lot of guys that Anthony Richardson may Anthony go ahead Richardson of could. Guys. I don't yeah. think he should, but he could. Yeah, yeah. So there are certainly names here that just could, just because, right? Not even you know without getting all analytical with these three guys. I think that if of the three, like to me, golf is this is it, right? We're we're at peak golf, and it's fine. It works. The Lions had tons of success. They're going to want to run the football. Dan Campbell, that's his mo. So I, golf is not a ceiling pick. So he's not someone I would take at that point of the draft. Uh, Purdy, I don't think he's a ceiling pick either. Because I think that Purdy, as, we, as we've as we talked about a lot, and as we saw this year, is extremely good at uh, running the offense appropriately. Kittle's getting older. Debo Samuel's had a lot of injury issues. You know, CMC's a year older. Like, you know, you start peeling these guys away. And as we've talked about, I don't think Purdy can elevate the rest of the offense enough to maintain that position. So if I had to choose one of the three guys, I'd go Love. Okay. I also think that Love, and we've talked about this repeatedly, the mechanics he has and the uncertainty at the wide receiver position, like – I could see a 14, 15 interception season from him. Like I could see it. So I think love if I'm going to go early, because again, if I'm taking a guy in the fourth, you know, third, fourth round as a quarterback, I don't want to get Jared Goff. I don't want to just have a guy. Mm -hmm. I want to have a guy with some ceiling. Yeah. I, I don't know if any of those guys deserve to be drafted like early, like in the first five rounds. And some people, again, if you want quarterbacks, maybe you end up reaching for these guys, but I think it is a true reach. Mahomes is eighth. And again, here's the deal. He was fine. He's a QB1. Mm -hmm. and, and you can win with the eighth best quarterback in fantasy football. You can. The problem is, right, you drafted him to be a separator from every other quarterback. Right. And he was anything but. I mean, he didn't even get the 300 points this year. And, I again, he didn't play week 18, but he played every game up to that point. I, I tend to think, Ray, nobody's going to care come next year, though. I mean, maybe he's number two at quarterback. And said, like this year, he was number one, and there was really no doubt. Maybe a little bit of Hurts support. But this year, or coming up into 2024, maybe he drops a spot, maybe two, but people are going to give him a pass. The only thing that might affect that is if Travis Kelsey, there's rumors, I don't really buy them, but if Travis Kelsey moves on, Ray, calls it a career, goes into Hollywood, music, TV, God knows what, Campbell's Soup ads, um, that, that is the one thing I think that would affect Mahomes. 
Because then, Ray, you are taking away a huge weapon from what we've seen the last five years between those two. Campbell Soup, huh? Wow. He does a lot of that. Chunky Campbell yeah. Soup with his bro. What if, uh, I don't know, T. Higgins signs with yeah. the Chiefs? You know, I, don't I mean, know. I think I we have to factor that with the Chiefs' blood. What if Mike Evans signs with the Chiefs, right? So there are, there. I think there are scenarios where, there, I think everyone's going to say Mahomes is top five. Depending upon moves that are or aren't made this offseason, that could easily get up top three easily. And it could, might end up just being top three because he's Patrick Mahomes. And then, like you're talking about, depending upon how excited we get, it might be one or two. Yeah. Uh, I think that it's very instructive, too, to remember this. Why was Mahomes won this year? Because he's a great quarterback. And because last year he threw for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. Right? That's why. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we're talking about with Josh Allen, too, right? Like, you know, Josh Allen pulls back a little bit. He's still great, but he's, he's still the number one guy. Uh, Mahomes will be, I think he'll end up at, at third, if I had to guess, at this point in time, Kyle. Eighth overall. Uh, final four, as we talk about the best of the best of the QB position. And again, we'll tackle this spot much more tomorrow and the next day. Uh, Tua Vailoa finishing ninth. Baker Mayfield, 10th. C.J. Stroud, 11th. Sam Howell, 12th. I would say Stroud Ray may, may be a guy who gets into that top eight, mm-hmm. kind of right there with Dak Prescott, Jordan Love, those kind of guys. Tua is maybe a step behind them. And then I don't see people caring at all about what Baker Mayfield and Sam Howell did this year. Like right. Sam Howell, there's a decent possibility, right? He doesn't even have a starting job right. next season. So, but Baker Mayfield, it's it's hard to break a reputation. And the reputation of Baker Mayfield, Ray, whether it's real life football or fantasy football, is just an average Joe at best. Really what he did here, Ray, is mm-hmm. he probably performed to his highest capabilities, got his team to the playoffs, but there were lousy weeks. I mean, just look at last week. They had to win, and Baker Mayfield could not move the football against Carolina. It was brutally bad. Yeah. To me, Mayfield and Hal, the only way they're on here, Ray, is they just stayed upright. Yeah. That's, that's the only way they're on this list, and those guys both – you know, let's say they stay on as starters. Both guys are going to be closer to the 20th quarterback off the board than top 10 like they performed this year. Yeah, I don't think Sam Howell is going to be a starter next year. If he is, whatever team he's starting for, Commanders, is in bad shape. <laughs> so I don't I – don't, I mean, Sam Howell, which is amazing, he finished as high as he did to your point because he threw so much earlier in the yeah. year. He wasn't throwing for 150 yards down the stretch. Like, I mean, it's well, just he got terrible. benched. He missed a game, you yeah. know. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, the situation with Baker Mayfield is he kind of was, I mean, he was kind of Kirk Cousins. He was kind of Jared Goff, you know, 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns. Like, you know, but I agree with you. That's peak Mayfield. Teams know who he is. I think the reputation is earned at this point. He's played enough football games that we know. And when you struggle to, as you say, move the football in a must-win game against the Panthers, come on, man. Like, is Mike Evans going to be back there? You know, is Baker Mayfield going to get paid? Like, I don't know. But I, I'm i not going into next season with Baker Mayfield as my quarterback unless it's a 2QB league. Just not happening. I, I know you've never been uh, all in on Tua, never even half in on Tua. Is that still the case for next year? Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, we, we it's really fascinating. Tua led the NFL in passing yards. Like, I, I think some people, I guess, miss that, or it's funny that so many people... <laughs> I didn't know that, Ray. I'm glad you brought it yeah. up. Yeah, and I, it's really fascinating because on a per-game basis, he was almost exactly the same guy as he was last year. He just played more games this year. Uh, he, and we've seen this, you know, you take Tyreek Hill away, you take Jalen Waddle away, he's just a guy. 
And I know there's the two lovers and backers and everything. He's just a guy, folks. He's just he's just a guy. He throws it to open spots. He's got good timing. He's got great players around him and a great offense. And if that stays the way it was this year, next year, and they can keep their team healthy because that started to be a real issue for the Dolphins down the stretch, he could do what he did this year again next mm-hmm. year. But he's not throwing for 5,000 yards. He's not throwing for 40 touchdowns. He's not running for 800 yards. He's not running for 10 squares. He's not doing – this is best case to a – and again, it depends draft cost. He if he's the eleventh quarterback off the board, cool. If you're having to reach on him, don't do it. Uh, this past year, he was the ninth QB on average off the board, and he finished ninth. So uh, nailed it with Tua Tagovailoa. I will leave you with this: uh, seven of the top twelve quarterbacks this year were drafted tenth or lower at the position. Um, so that would be Prescott, who went ten, Love, Purdy, Golf. Mayfield, Stroud, and Howe. So seven of the 12 were not drafted to be QB1s, or I should say six of the 12. Prescott was drafted to be a QB1, and obviously he became it, but he far exceeded uh, the cost on draft day. Uh, Much more coming up on quarterbacks tomorrow. Uh, We'll kind of flip the script and take a look at some of the misses. Now, a lot of guys who missed, they can blame injury, uh, but other guys can't. So we'll talk about them coming up tomorrow. Uh, Some news and notes, NFL. We're going to talk some NBA here with Justin Finsterman in a few moments. But on the playoff side, Ray, Dan Campbell, and and I think this is a bunch of gamesmanship. He says there's a chance for Sam Laporta. I I would say this, Ray, uh, even if he dresses, I'm not, you know, if I'm in a one-and-done scenario, I'm not touching Sam Laporta this week. I I think it's very doubtful. I I, I think you say these kind of things, Ray, because you don't want to go into the postseason saying, oh, yeah, our – second best weapon on offense is going to be out for a month. You know, that just brings everybody down. So what you do is you provide a little bit of hope, even though we all kind of know what the reality is with Sam Laporta, you know, he's got like a 5% chance to play this week. Uh, You hope he's back next week. You hope he's back for an NFC championship, but this week I'm not, I'm not buying what Dan Campbell is selling. I think that's fair. Uh, And uh, you know, gamesmanship, all that kind of stuff. You don't, you know, he, let's be honest too he doesn't want to get yelled at all week for playing his guy in a meaningless yeah. game and having him get hurt um so yeah i at this point with the way that the injury looked like just visually and i'm not a doctor but the way it looked that did not look like a guy that was gonna be able to play a week later uh gabe davis if you care which if you're in a one and done setup if you can find that week where gabe davis goes off you're gonna be happy uh gabe davis with a pcl strain in his knee he did not finish sunday night in miami uh, he will be questionable going into Sunday as the Bills take on the Steelers. And speaking of the Dolphins, um, let's see, Howard and Chubb were out last week. Now, Ray, uh, one of their defensive ends, Andrew Van Ginkle, is out. Their linebacker, Jerome Baker, is out. As I have termed it, the Dolphins have become the Alphans because there's no D left in, in yeah. Miami. It's kind of crazy. They're, they're really struggling going to the finish line here, aren't they? Yeah, they're going to... For them to win, it's going to take, not a miracle, but it's going to take a lot of fortune. Um, when you have that many important players out of the mix, especially on the defensive side of things, it becomes very difficult to have success against the better teams in football, which are theoretically the ones that are left in the playoffs. Um, update on coaches. Um, we'll start with New England. Ray, the wins are kind of indicating that maybe Belichick stays on with the idea that Josh McDaniels returns as an offensive coordinator slash assistant head coach or head coach to be which because it's the Patriots right it's not surprising but mm-hmm. 
you know, I get it. Holding on to Belichick, giving him one last year. Maybe that's the agreement. Hey, let me do one more year. I signed this new contract. I know this year fell apart, but give me one more year to at least leave on a good note. I get that. And I also understand from the Patriots perspective and Bill Belichick, for whatever reason, thinks Josh McDaniels is, is a guy he trusts, a guy he's willing to turn it over to. And, and that appears to be what this is setting up as, but Gosh, Ray, I just keep looking at this, and i it's one team in the NFL that thinks Josh McDaniels can still be like a superstar head coach. I mean, he wasn't in Denver. He wasn't in Vegas. Uh, we had him here in St. Louis as an OC for a while, and it was okay. But, man, he's getting another shot with New England, and, and this makes sense to me, what New England is trying. I just don't think it's really the correct decision. Well, if Robert Kraft is trying to blow this thing up, why? you got to blow it up. Like if you're if you're to me if you're moving on from Bill Belichick you got to reset yeah you don't bring retreads in like and if you believe in Josh McDaniels in 2025 and beyond why don't you believe in him now what's he going to learn next year that yeah. improves his standing yeah so you know we can run it back we can keep running it back you know but it's it's not 2019 anymore it's not it's just not guys you got to you got to move forward and this organization's at a kind of a crossroads and we'll see how they handle it uh, Pete Carroll expecting to stay in Seattle another year. Uh, the Giants uh, losing a bit of defense. I think they sent a couple of position coaches packing, and Wink Martindale, the D coordinator, said, okay, I'm out too. Uh, reports were saying he was going to stick around, and he said, I'm out of here. So the Giants will be doing some retooling on defense. And speaking of retooling, a couple of big names, Kirk Cousins and Keenan Allen. Um, Cousins, and, and this, again, makes sense. This is what you want to hear from your quarterback. He's due a contract. But, Ray, he indicated, hey, I've made – hundreds of millions of dollars which he has but it's good to hear that Kirk Cousins Ray is not necessarily being greedy and maybe understands that it's not so bad in Minnesota he's got Justin Jefferson he's familiar with the offense they're a capable franchise sounds like he's willing to say hey I don't need 28 million dollars or 35 million dollars this year maybe he'll play for 22 million dollars he he wants money but he's willing to kind of spread it out if the Vikings can be helped by such a setup. Yeah, according to Sport Track, he's made $232 million. Jeez. Yeah, he's in a good spot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, there's always the pushback from the players' union, too, right? Because the players' union is going to say, hey, Kirk, you're you know a potential Hall of Famer. You can't be playing for $9 a week. So there's there's always <laughs> a little bit of that push and pull. But yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, 30 million, he made 30 million this year, which is right. But it's not for quarterback standards, it's reasonable. And so yeah, I think it's good to hear your quarterback say, look, I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to pull an Aaron Rodgers and say I need $50 million or I'm not going to play for you. So, yeah, hopefully he'll be back. It's, it seems like a great fit after the failed experiments with their 47 quarterbacks. You got his age in front of you. How old is Cousins? Uh, Kirk Cousins is 35 years and 150 days. So Would he's you feel comfortable saying he's got three more years as a starter? I mean, assuming health. I think nothing – I haven't seen any, like, yeah. wear and tear with our, his game or his approach or his talent. You, you always worry about coming back from an Achilles and he'll have to you know, prove to the team that he's Philly because I know Aaron Rodgers and all that nonsense, but tearing an Achilles is a big, it's a significant injury, especially for an aging player. But yeah, I, I don't think we've seen on-field deterioration in the skill set. If it's two or three years, I mean, does a team like the Vikings, if they bring him back, do you want to go to the, the draft and try to replace him? You want to try to sign a free agent? Like, what are you going to do? Kirk Cousins being 80% of Kirk Cousins is still better than half the quarterbacks right now. Chargers uh, facing a situation with Keenan Allen. Uh, he wants to stay in L.A. That makes sense, Ray, because uh, if the Chargers cut him or move on, they save $23 million against the cap. 
That's got to be their decision. And Keenan Allen, legend for the Chargers. Team Hall of Fame, hell, maybe even NFL Hall of Fame. But in their situation, Ray, I know it hurts, but don't you have to cut them loose and take that $23 million elsewhere? It would be a lot simpler if uh, Quentin Johnson knew how to catch. Yeah. Um, or if Mike Williams could stay healthy. You right. Know? Or even even Palmer at this point starting yeah. to get into that. range. So I think financially it's difficult to keep him around. I think from the on-the-field perspective, they're, they're, they'd be in trouble. They'd have to sign somebody else, a big-name guy, I would think, because they can't trust the receiving core they've got right now. Yeah. Uh, that is where we stand as of now. Uh, we'll see on the coaching stuff. There's a lot of DCs and OCs getting interviews, whether it's Carolina, Atlanta. You know, all these guys are loading up on interviews. So we're not going to follow every single report. Um, let's just say if you're getting an interview in one place, you're probably getting an interview in two other places. It's the same guys being bandied about. Um, and and I don't know. I, I kind of tend to think, Ray, it's a farce. Like all these teams know who they want. Right. But they got to go through the process and maybe they'll be surprised. And But I think they all have their targets. They may be waiting for contracts to expire, uh, playoff runs to end, those kind of things. But we will let you know as hirings are made. Until then, let's talk some basketball. We do it every Tuesday. We do it with our man, Justin Finsterman, which it must be pretty chilly over on the East Coast today because uh, Justin is donning sleeves which it, it took until January, but Justin, congratulations. It finally got cold enough for you, huh? Yes, and there's a little bit of motivation, guys. Thank you so much for having me. But, you know, I want to make sure that this show's rating stays to the moon, as high yeah. as it's been. And I realize that my arms are a little intimidating and not fun to look <laughs> at when there are no when it's a flat bay and there are no waves or curves or anything like that. So yeah. – until, and I'm planning on it as New Year's resolution time still exists here, I'm planning on making my arm look a little bit more oh. like a skateboard part, oh. right? So with that, until at least All-Star break, maybe we'll have a sleeveless check-in in the next month around All-Star break. But wow. until the NBA postseason, I'm getting into playoff mode. I'm getting into fighter shape. And then I'll be back in a few months where the sleeves will reveal the skate park that is my arm. Wow. Big wow. word. Save this, Ray. We're going to play this back in six weeks and see if, if he's going to be as carved as he thinks he is. Well, that's, that's after the first month, Kyle. You know, Rome's not built in a day. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Um, neither is an NBA contender. Let's, <laughs> let's switch gears to, to that. Um, unfortunately, we begin with injuries. Um, let's start with Ja Morant, done for the year. This kind of came out of nowhere. A shoulder injury. I guess he injured it in practice. But now we're back to where we were, I guess, three weeks ago with the Grizzlies. Um, remind us, what does that mean? No John Morant. All this usage is now open. Who are the guys, again, that kind of appeal with the Grizzlies rotation? I mean, you're going to have to look at Marcus Smart, that's for sure. Derek Rose is also out, so David Roddy, for those playing DFS, is going to have some serious value, including tonight until the price is adjust on him. But it's going to be a lot of Marcus Smart, guys, which he's not the same defender as he was a few years ago, but he can still get the job done. He's just not the best in the game anymore. He's kind of on the above average side. So it's going to be a lot of his responsibility. Offensively though, Desmond Bain, for those that kind of hung in there and didn't trade him for a low ball offer once John Morant came back, you're going to be rewarded for your patience because patience definitely at that point 
makes you a great contender sometimes. And so Desmond Bain owners are going to love it because now he's going to be spending more time on the ball. He is going to be driving more. He's going to be taking more shots. So again, this is where we have to take advantage early because we're not going to have that much time to figure this out. Marcus Smart has already had a couple of really good, highly productive games. These sites are unforgiving when it comes to the pricing this year. They don't even want to pass the salt. They'll give you a day, and then they'll hike up the price a grand plus, and that's what we're going to see happen once again with these Grizzlies options. Justin, what about the Pacers? Um, Terry's Halliburton's got a hamstring issue. Looks like he's going to miss some time. Uh, Talk to us about the Pacers and how they fill in for Halliburton if he is indeed out for a bit of time. So we actually just got a report from Woj, a little Woj bomb here, mm. and Adrian Wojnarowski saying that the hamstring injury is actually a grade one hamstring injury, which is great for Tyrese Halliburton and for the Pacers because that should only cost him a minimum of maybe two weeks, maybe three max because when you get to the more severe hamstring strains, now you're talking a month plus six to eight weeks. Mm -hmm. So from what we've been told from the exams that Tyrese Halliburton has had, it should be just two weeks and that's it. So now when it comes to the Pacers, you're going to be seeing a lot of TJ McConnell, who actually it's a lot of fun watching him run the floor. Offense not as polished as Tyrese Halliburton, can't do as much, but again, can still keep this very high-octane offense running as the quickest offense in the NBA. Also, and Kyle, we've talked about some of these guys together before. Guys like Andrew Nemhard, we're going to really see them grow into a bigger offensive role. Benedict Matherin, he's been scoring a lot more lately. And actually, even in my season-long league where I lost Tyrese Halliburton, just put him on because I just got the designation to put him on the injured list, I went right to the waiver wire and saw McConnell was taken, Nemhard was taken in a pretty sharp league. So I still picked up Matherin thinking maybe he's not running the point as much, but we've already seen the scoring grow. Now the scoring grows even more with no Halliburton. And, from next and, and they're still going to race up the court like crazy, right? They're not they have to. They, play. they have to, and they don't play defense. That's the other thing too. When you're also a very fast-paced team, like the Thunder, fast-paced team, one of the fastest, but they play very good defense. The Pacers, to be the fastest-paced team, you probably aren't a good defensive team, and they suck defensively. So it's no matter who's in there, they're going to continue to run up and down. Kyle, it's a very astute question, though, because when we yeah, start – That's all my questions. Right, <laughs> exactly. I know Kyle asking, wow, an insightful question. Is it 2024? <laughs> so with you asking that, when LaMelo Ball went out for the Hornets, we saw them slow down a ton when Terry Rozier started running that offense. So I get why you'd ask that. I don't think in this case we're going to see that kind of downgrade when it comes to the speed that they run at. You can follow Justin, by the way, on social media, at Fancy Sports. Um, Justin, there's injuries. There's people underperforming. There's people overperforming. From a team perspective, what team has been the hardest to analyze and why this season? Which team always has you scratch your head, you just can't quite figure it out? It has to be the Utah Jazz. I mean, Will Hardy, he's changing these lineups. He can't get anything consistent. It's like a team in fantasy football that continues to make trade after trade after trade. Well, at some point, you can't judge your own foundation when you have no foundation. So it's been very hard at times, guys, outside of injuries, that when players start to percolate like a Colin Sexton, all of a sudden Jordan Clarkson comes back and Sexton's not getting fully rewarded because you have to give Clarkson the rock even more. So the experimentation with the lineups has really screwed us outside of Lowry marketing. 
up front, we don't know what to do. We don't know which big man combination. John Collins makes it hard because he's very feast or famine. Sometimes he looks like he can actually play in this league. And then about 60% of the time, he looks like he should be just riding the bench outside of emergency. So because of that, it's very hard to look at this team and say, hey, Colin Sexton, reliable option when they have so many players touching the ball. The only player when you watch him, it seems to have a consistent role and flow with the offense. And even if he's missing, he's still getting plays designed for him is, like I said, Lowry Markkinen. You know, speaking of teams that are hard to figure out, um, the Suns and the Clippers are built around stars, but these are stars that rarely play together. Last night, though, Suns versus Clippers, and holy cow, Justin, every single dude was on the court. We had Beal, Durant, Booker. We had Leonard, George, and Harden. Like, all of them at the same time. It was, you know, I was getting ready to uh, lay $8,000 on the uh, Browns to win the Super Bowl. It was crazy. Um, those guys, when you consider everything going on with those teams and resting and injuries, how would you rank those six studs in fantasy? moving forward for the remainder of the season? I would say it probably goes in an order of Kevin Durant, number one. And then number two, it's actually probably very close between Kawhi Leonard and James Harden. You know what? I'm going to say this. Number two, Devin Booker, because we're already seeing the balance kind of shift towards Booker, even with Bradley Beal back in, making Beal the final seed in this ranking system we're doing. So the two Suns guys, and then it's just three back to back to back with Clippers. Then it's Kawhi. Then it's Harden, who I think is a little bit more value over Paul George because he spends a ton of time with the ball. And then after that, you go to Bradley Beal as their final. See, Bradley Beal to me is just a shooter, and that's the way it should be. That's why it frustrated me when they got him with knowing the injury history and knowing that Devin Booker can run the point, you know, why not let Bradley Beal focus on what he does best and that shoot the basketball, but they were insistent that Bradley Beal was going to run point. We're still seeing it with Devin Booker. And by the way, Kyle, you mentioned that game we hit on the elite mafia on the fantasy guru NBA betting discord channel hit a nice prop regarding James Harden that even in a game where there was a lot of scoring on the other side for the Clippers you thought blowout city still James Harden came through with his points and assist prop and the reason that is is because the Suns guards are so vulnerable defensively that I look to attack them every time I can and with what James Harden had been doing from the assist standpoint alone you knew that it was going to be mega productive and it was for him Insight courtesy of Justin and Accord. You can get it every single day over in Discord, wagering DFS. Um, anything you're looking for with the NBA, Justin is helping you out there. Um, did want to bring up Victor Wimbenyama. Um, I am not a big social media maven, shocker. Uh, but it seems like every morning after the, the Spurs play, I come upon some link of, oh my God, look what Wimbenyama did, you know, this freaky play. And and his rookie year has been fine. He's he's doing well, he's living up to the hype. But the problem is, Justin, it's like they're barely playing him. I mean, I don't think he's hit 30 minutes in three-plus weeks. I saw they're, like, sitting him on back-to-backs. Is that going to be the the MO from here on out of limiting his minutes and even sitting like an 18-year-old because they're going to wear him down on back-to-backs? Unfortunately, yes, Kyle, and it shouldn't be that way. It, it really shouldn't. I know, Ray, I, I know this it's is one ridiculous. of your biggest issues. Ray, I know this is one of the biggest issues that you've had with yeah. the league for the, for the longest time, and yeah. you're right. 
I'd love to see this guy play, but the reality is this team has five wins. They don't play a lick of defense. They're not going to contend. They're not going anywhere this year. So, look, here's what I got to say. Pick one or the other. Either play him more minutes when he does play or rest him back-to-backs for the entire season. But when he's on the court, let this guy play. Let this guy get some reps. And part of it is the Spurs screwed up. Greg Popovich did something wrong, and it was stupid. And they started him, in my opinion, out of position. He should have been in the middle the entire time. But they wanted to see what kind of mileage they could get out of Zach Collins before he gets hurt. So, And you know what? And Zach Collins always gets hurt. So with that, it makes it very hard for me to understand why the plan was to start Victor Webb and Yama at power forward. Look what happened. They moved him to center. It made a world of difference. And we've seen that production go up. And now for him not to play 30 minutes when this team's getting blown out all the time. And then to really slap us in the face and sit him back to backs. It's pop being pop. And Kyle, that's what's going to happen. And Ray, this victory is yours, man, because I can't defend this league when they do something like that I mean, with this guy. It just it doesn't make any sense. I mean, because you know, the fans want to see him. The fans are paying hundreds of dollars for tickets to I see agree. him. They're buying jerseys or doing all this stuff. He's like a LeBron. He, he's 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 a phenomenon. Yeah. And you're yeah. you're gonna put him in bubble wrap. Like if that if this is how they were gonna do it, they should have just drafted him and said, We're not even gonna play him this year. The last <laughs> guy on the bench, he's just gonna watch him learn and practice. Like this doesn't you've got a guy who you want to be ready when your team is ready. And not getting him the reps, right, right, Justin? Not getting him the reps now when it doesn't matter if he makes a mistake or who gives a damn. Got to learn now so that in three or four years, you're fully ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. And when he's – I want him to battle for 30 to 33 minutes against some of the toughest centers. I want him in there against Joel Embiid because that's the only way he's going to learn. That's the only way you learn in this league. Even someone like Chet Holmgren, who, yeah, he didn't play the entire year last year and he was learning while on the bench, but you saw early on he had to get his footing. You need to be on the court against these best centers in the world, and it's not. And by the way, the one thing is I was very excited about the new resting rules regarding the NBA. I'm wondering if they're being enforced at all because I'm still seeing the bulk resting, and I think it's kind of BS and what they should be doing these teams. If you really want to rest players, stagger the resting. Rest one player, and that's where the league has to come in and intervene in this. Because they, they can't they be resting just punish the team, didn't they? I saw it maybe in the, within the last Yes, week. because oh, – oh, and I was on the write-up for this, and it pissed me off. The Brooklyn Nets were in an, an amazing match. I think it was, was it against Detroit – It was against some team that you knew they were going to produce against. And they ruled out some of their starters. Okay. But then what they did was they put the starting lineup that was in, who, of course, I'm writing up all these players that are low value in DFS. This is like a gold mine that you find. They they don't play their starters more than 10 (laughs) minutes, and they play the rest of the guys on the bench. I had Dayron Sharp, who was going to be perfect with Claxton out, in an amazing rainbow red flop of a matchup that he should have produced big numbers. And let me tell you guys something. Not getting the full minutes that he should have gotten, he still gave us 5x value. (laughs) He still did what the crap he was given. So I'm very, very thrilled that Brooklyn, after pulling that, Discord was on fire that night for good reason. We weren't warned, and they decided to play their third stringers and start the second half with their third stringers. <laughs> and by the way, I'm looking at Michael Jordan just because I pulled up. Michael Jordan played 82 games nine times. What about – it was rookie year, I think he broke his foot. He did. Yeah, second year, I think it his was. His sophomore yeah. year, he broke his foot. Yeah. He was out for most of the year. But, but for I his, mean, rookie year, his rookie year, Ray, do you have how many minutes he was playing per game? Uh, minutes per game, 38. 
38. Yeah. 38. Yep. And like arguable a game from Wimbenyama. Yeah, and it's inarguable that that league was way more difficult and demanding physically than it is now, right? Yeah. I mean, let's see. Nine seasons of 82 games, 11 seasons of 80 games played. He played every game. Why? Because he was Michael Jordan, because people wanted to see him, because people were paying money to see him, because of his importance to the team. Where has that gone? That's that's one of the reasons a lot of people such as myself, guys, and you know, I'm not saying anything new, they don't follow the NBA anymore. I don't mm-hmm. want to turn on the game and three of the guys that I want to see aren't playing tonight. Why do I want to watch that? I well, I, I, as somebody who's not in an NBA market, and I'd yeah. probably speak for you guys, Ray, you're in an NBA market, but you never go to a Warriors game. Justin, you know, you DC, New York. I mean, you get catch games. But like if I were in a market where I wanted to see these guys, I wouldn't buy tickets until I know that they're actually going to be on the court. Like, I'd love to take my son to go see Wimbenyama in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Who the hell knows if he's going to play against Memphis when they come through town? Um, and that turns off for people who are want to be fans, yeah. but they can't afford to go to 15 games a year and, you know, travel to make sure they see these guys. I want to just take them to one game and see LeBron or see Wimbenyama or hell, see James Harden. I don't know why, but to go see him. And I don't even know if they're going to be on the, the court. It's a, it's a real, real pain in the arse. Um, Last thing, you mentioned Discord. Tonight, I think we got five games. Yep. Um, in, any early takes, wagering, or DFS that you throw out there, Justin? So there's a couple of things I'm already, you know, obviously formulating the write-up here, which for those that want to get involved, it's not just, you know, I'm not just listing players here. I'm writing the descriptions of the players' matchups, and I'm writing my philosophy surrounding why I think, because, again, I, I'm going to keep pushing cash games on you guys. I'm not, it's not going to stop, because that's how you win in this crazy league. I know everybody wants the quick fix, but at the same time, cash games is the marathon. So I'm going to keep pushing those players because it allows us to play the matchups that are good, especially in a slate like this. So immediately, guys, you got to be looking at the Sacramento-Detroit game because you have no Cade Cunningham. So you got value guards in Jaden Ivey and Killian Hayes. And on the other side, Darren Fox is a great matchup, although there is blowout potential with it being an 11-point spread. But players like Malik Monk, are in a good spot tonight, won't cost you an arm and a leg. Sabonis can be a nice volume producer as well. So that's really where you're looking at. And also finding out, too, from the Raptors' side, because Raptors are going to be taking on the Lakers, that there's no Yaka Pirtle. So you want to talk about bets I'm looking at? I'm right now, I haven't officially written it up in the NBA betting Discord channel yet, but I am looking up Pascal Siakam, thinking that either if he's not starting at center, he's going to be playing more in the low block. And Anthony Davis, while he's very dominant species of a man and he's great, great scorer, he's not a great defender and you can t- you can get inside on him. So I'm thinking Pascal Siakam with no Jakob Pertl is in a great spot. And I'm seeing his points, rebounds, and assist prop at 33 and a half. think that's pretty doable tonight and a nice pace boost for Toronto. So it's not officially written up, but that's where I'm looking at. A lot more coming up on the site. Also through Discord, uh, we've got the uh, NBA DFS room for Discord, uh, NBA betting and gambling, wagering, all that stuff that Justin was talking about there. So if you are indeed in the NBA tonight, it's kind of one of those more manageable slates. We're not looking at 12 games. It's a five-game slate, uh, plenty of different avenues to go on. Probably a good night, like Justin was saying, to play some cash. Uh, So do check it out as we go through the day. And again, cheat sheets, columns, all that's going to be up at the website. Uh, Justin, we will let you run, man. Uh, Great. Love talking to you for 20 minutes. I always think, oh, we'll talk 10 minutes, and then we just find things to to discuss. So good on you. Uh, We'll talk next week, okay? Absolutely. And, Kyle, if I could just say this for everybody watching, Watch Along Wednesday, which happens every single Wednesday in the DFS NBA Discord channel. Watch Along Wednesday 
it's not going to be fully happening this week, so it will resume next week. I'll still be in and out from time what to time. What about Ray? Ray can take it over tomorrow night, right? Yeah, Ray with basketball. That's a funny <laughs> joke. You're a funny guy, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> but watch along Wednesday. We'll resume next week. I'll try to be in the Discord a little bit in the Discord channel tomorrow night, but family obligation. So watch along Wednesday. Fully going to resume next Wednesday. If if we put Ray in there, they might change the title to Wine Along Wednesday. Wow! Well, and, and it's not the wine like you drink. Time. Yeah, yeah. It'd be W H I N E. What? I'm being castigated here for absolutely. Well, no Ray, if we forced you to watch the NBA for five six hours, I'm guessing there'd be a, both wines by well, by the end of those six hours. Manute Bold, who weighed nine pounds, was playing 80 games a season. So I, I'm just I I long for the days of my childhood, Kyle, when I watched basketball. And guess what? The guys actually played basketball. You know what? You know what, Kyle? I kind of thought that Ray, because Ray's got a nephew that not only loves the NBA but also loves wrestling. Two things that I love. I thought it was going to kind of rub off on him after a few years. It hasn't yet. This guy still is like anti. He's like the Kebe Matumbo. No, no, no. <laughs> Kyle froze up there. So, Justin, I'll, uh, I'll, he, he couldn't handle the truth that you were laying uh, out. No, there. I, 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 I heard oh. it. I just lost my camera. I had, I was like, I'm done here. Just turn this off. But no, I, I heard it. So, oh, okay. Justin, I bid you adieu, man. Take it easy. Thanks, guys. Okay. Justin Fitzerman there. We talked uh, NBA with him. Uh, we were going to hit on some baseball, but Ray, we're already over an hour here. So, I don't want to keep people hanging around. It's better to maybe save it for tomorrow. Maybe we'll get some more moves. So tomorrow uh, we will start breaking down some of those baseball moves in the last four or five days. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez, Robbie Ray, Sean Manaya, even, uh, and maybe some more signings will uh, pop up over the next 24 hours. We'll also continue our run through of all things quarterbacks uh, tomorrow. Uh, today we talked about the guys who were hits, guys in the top 12. Uh, tomorrow we'll take a look at some of the misses, guys who uh, did not live up to expectations or just failed miserably. Uh, we'll take a look at those guys as we continue to power through our review of 2023 another thing tomorrow uh playoff leagues uh ray you and i both do uh, a lot of work with sirius xm you, you joining the uh, sirius xm one and done playoff league i am and it was asked in uh, chat here i believe i'm not in charge of this but i believe there'll be one on jeff's show for the listeners so, okay. so there'll be a listener league for people to join for the very cool we will let you know uh perhaps where you can join so we'll let you know on that if you never play it i say it every year uh take a look at it uh it, it is enjoyable there are spots on the web too that you can set up your Friends League, if you want for a playoff setup. So uh, we'll run through that tomorrow, uh, certainly Thursday and Friday as well. Uh, that will do it for us. Ray and I back on Wednesday, 11 a.m. Eastern. This has been Fantasy Sports Daily, powered by FantasyGuru.com.